Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, everybody. Jeremy and Brian here. Just wanted to take a moment to tell you about something exciting that we're doing with Chat of the Wild. Starting in January, we're going to be launching our Patreon. Uh, it's very exciting for us. That's right. We, we're really just doing uh, $1 minimum a month gets you access to ad-free versions of the show. And then down the line, if we hit certain goals, we're going to have uh, more things that we'll be able to do, including letting patrons vote on what we do for our Zelda-like, quote-unquote, Gaiden games. Gaiden. Uh, also, a cool thing that we'll be doing is that for each of our new patrons, uh, you'll get a little shout-out in the most recent episode where you can tell us your favorite thing about Zelda. Yeah, we'll have a little uh, questionnaire you can fill out. So some of the goals that we have, uh, you'll be able to see on the Patreon is, like I said, voting for Gaiden games. We're also talking about doing a monthly generic game review episode. Uh, whether that is we cover one single game that's like the new game to talk about, or if it's uh, each of us played a couple games that we want to talk about here and there. We're also talking about reviewing the the Zelda TV series, if you are old enough to remember <laughs> that. Yeah, that'll be fun. As well as the Zelda manga book series. And we've also got some other things down the line that, uh, you know, if it gets big enough, we would like to do more to interact with our fans and to give them more good content. Also wanted to give a thank you to the people that have done interviews with us. Uh, it's been a blast doing this, and we hope to do more with these people in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, usually we take a, a break for the holidays, but uh, this year we've lined up a few cool interviews with some people. Uh, we talked to David Spencer from the Come On Fahugwa Pods, uh, the Homestar Runner podcast. Uh, I, for one, enjoy listening to that. They're going through chronologically uh, every Homestar cartoon. And we talked about some Zelda together, and it was great. Yeah, we also talked to Andrew Funkhauser from Oh My Goss, uh, and a number of other podcasts as well. And also Jeremy Parrish, part of the, uh, or the head of the Greenlit Podcast Network, founder of Retronauts and a bunch of other stuff, got together with me to talk about Zelda 1. Also want to give a shout out to Todd Hunt over at the Super Nintendads. Uh, he, he didn't quite make it into our schedule for this one, but we did record a great episode, uh, talking about Minish Cap with him that we'll be able to put at the end of the Minish Cap season that will be starting at the beginning of the year. So yeah, that's, uh, you have that to look forward to and a little end of the year episode, uh, with all of us here at chat of the wild. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, be on the lookout for the Patreon and we love you very much. and. And we're all doing it differently, I guess. So, yes, once again, thank you so much for listening to us. We've seen so much growth over the last year. Yeah, it's been amazing. Especially since joining the Greenlit Podcast group. Uh, a lot of great people on there. Hopefully, throughout the year, we'll be able to do more stuff with more people. Uh, and we hope that you check out our Patreon and enjoy the interviews. 
Hello, everybody, and welcome to Chat of the Wild. Uh, this month, uh, the month of December, we are doing our uh, series of interviews with just people who like Zelda games, because there's a lot of them out there, uh, we've come to find out. Uh, I didn't really know much about Zelda at all before we did this show, so it's really wild to see like how many fans there are out there. Specifically uh, this episode. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, this episode. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I'm Brian Hour. I'm hosting this, I guess. Uh, joining me is my co-host, Jeremy Harvey. Hello. And we are joined by David Spencer. Hello, hello. From uh, a, a many, what, the PipeDreamPodcast.com? PipeDreamPodcast.com, where I am on three different podcast. well, f- five if you include shows that we haven't done for a few years. But um, right. uh, yeah, I, we we have a couple of different podcasts. Um, we've uh, the the main one right now that uh, is taking a lot of my time is Come On Fahuquapods, a Homestar Runner podcast, uh, which has been a lot of fun. We started that about six months ago, watching through every single Homestar Runner cartoon in release order. Yeah, you're almost to the good ones. <laughs> uh, we're, we're already <laughs> at some of the good ones. We just did band name uh, recently, which is pretty great. We're mm-hmm. we're like, we're past the awkward part, and now we're like, okay, they figured it out, but it hasn't really done the, the big memorable stuff yet. Yeah, we're, we're almost there on uh, this show. Like, we just played, uh, what was it, Ocarina of Time last year, and like, they're starting to figure it out, I think. I, I, so. Well, I, I don't know. I feel like every era of Zelda has some good stuff in it. Um, I, I jest. I jest. <laughs> well, the whole reason of the show is to look at Zelda and say, oh, Zelda's great, and here's all these other games that copied off of Zelda because of how great it is. Yeah. I do also want to say uh, I've always had trouble saying the – I'm going to say it out loud for probably the first time – Fakuga, Fakuga. Say it with a flourish. Fahu Gwagods. It, it doesn't sound the way it looks. The fact that you named a podcast after it and probably yep. say it at the beginning of every single episode <laughs> takes guts. Yes, uh, we went through so many different title ideas because Michael and I are, you know, big. Homestar fans, big fans of early internet stuff in general. And we went through so many um, different, like, title ideas. One of my favorites was uh, homestarrunner.pod, it's .cast, which is a, a joke from their intro cartoon. But that's, that's so um, involved, though. <laughs> I know. Well, that's the thing. It's like, oh, that's such a long title. Let's go with something that's much easier to type out. Fahuguapods. Uh, <laughs> Got that good yeah. SEO there. <laughs> I I didn't even really like. I think in our first couple of episodes, I mis uh, mispronounced it a couple of times. But but I think I think if you search us up, we've got a Homestar Runner podcast in the title on on iTunes and stuff. Yeah, so that helps. I'm pretty sure that's how 90 percent of the people have found this by just doing a, a, an iTunes search for Homestar Runner and seeing what comes up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, but, um, I was really excited to be asked on to talk about Zelda games because I have been, uh, since March, since, like, uh, start of quarantine stuff, I have started trying to play through every single Zelda game in release order. That's right, yeah, you did say that. Um, and not only play through them, I've been trying to 100% every single Zelda game, which some of them has been a real slog. Trying to 100% the Oracle games, there's a lot of RNG, and there was some stuff that I was literally just repeating things for like two or three hours one day to try to get one ring. 
<laughs> yeah, those rings, man. Yep, uh, yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, very quickly realized, oh, I I will not be getting all of these rings, will I? No, not well, at all. And you have to play each game twice in order yes. to 100% it. So it was a really long slog that way as well. Um, and although there was like... There was a moment when I got to the end of my, let's see, I did seasons and then ages, and then you have to play again ages and then seasons in order to get everything. And, and all the there, passwords back and forth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Link but, cables. And it was real, it was a real slog, um, but there was, there was one or two things that happened in that second playthrough of seasons that was like, okay, a few magic scenes that made the whole experience almost worth it. Oh really, yeah, the, the whole pirate ship thing? Yeah, that was the, <laughs> yes. the, the, the fact that it was um, like, you get the, the, uh, the moment of like Queen Ambie seeing the, the pirates and being like, oh my goodness, this is her long lost love. That was a genuine, like, joyous surprise for me, where I was mm -hmm. like, this is this is really special. I like this a lot. <laughs> it, it's almost what makes it a shame, because if you hadn't got, like, you started with Seasons, so you would have, you have to play Seasons again to see that. Yeah. So we started with Ages, and then we saw it because of, you know, we played Seasons second. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was, I, I think it was, it. Like, that one scene happened, ha just so happened that the order I chose to do it in made that extra magical, because it was one of the last things I experienced, just when I was like, I don't really want to keep playing these anymore, but I'm going to, because I'm a completionist, and I have to say that I 100%ed it, um, and it, it was all made special. Yeah, it's yeah. It's funny that in your, your podcast, you just finished Wind Waker, because that is the last game I finished in all of my playthroughs, so... Yeah. Um, <laughs> what did you What do you think about that? Is that had you beaten it beforehand? Yeah. So, okay. So I guess to to talk a little bit about my experience as a Zelda fan, um, my first um, experience with Zelda was on the N sixty four, and the first game that I completed was Majora's Mask, which is probably the biggest factor of anything into Majora's Mask being my favorite now. But then I played through Wind Waker when it came out. I played through um, Twilight Princess when it came out, and then I hadn't really been into games since the Wii. Since the Wii came out was when I was in high school, and then when I went off to be an adult and no longer had a ton of extra money sitting around to just do whatever with. I never really played games until uh, this past December. I got myself a Switch and started getting into uh, getting into gaming again. And so, yeah, playing through Wind Waker, that was my first time playing it since it came out when I would have been in middle school, I guess. And I loved it on the replay. I really genuinely, like, I don't know. The, the game is so charming. The game is... Uh, I really, really enjoy sailing around. Like, I know a lot of people complain about the sailing, but... Um, They're I mean, wrong. I... Yeah, well, I... The sailing is great. I've always loved, like, seafaring stories. Like, my, my favorite, uh, like, book as a kid was Treasure Island. Like, I've always loved that sailing and piratey genre. Um, but the... I think one of the things that really stuck out to me on the playthrough is... It, had some really wonderful charming story beats like you know everybody is so expressive and the story is simple but it's still really entertaining and memorable and and specifically the whole opening act of that game with the the stuff on the island going into forsaken fortress until you finally get spit out on uh, outset island 
um, not Outside Island, Windfall Island. Um, that whole opening sequence, I think, is the best, or at least my favorite opening part of any Zelda game because it is it doesn't linger too long on things like Twilight Princess. I I just started replaying Twilight Princess, and man, that whole opening stuff in the town is feels way too long. Yeah, it gets a little mm-hmm. long in the tooth. Uh, yeah, it, it's the Wind Waker one's not too handholdy. Yeah, either, which is yeah. Nice. And then you get into the Forsaken Fortress with you know the sneaking around and having to go without your sword and teaching you the mechanics of picking up an enemy's weapon and using that, but, like, using the the stealth thing that uh, 3D Zelda games love to do. And, um, but also the, it really felt like it had the most genuine personal stakes of any other Zelda game. You know, the Link doesn't go to Forsaken Fortress at the beginning to go save the world, he's going to save his sister. And you have that moment where he's waving off of the ship to his grandma and has this like genuine emotion in his eyes that 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 I feel for and gets me feel a little choked up even mm-hmm. now just talking about it. But Oh yeah. No, no game other game's the best. <laughs> no other Zelda games have that kind of personal stakes. It's always just like, well, you're the chosen one hero. Go go do the thing. Yeah, your or your uncle runs off into the the night, and then he's never seen again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Um. So yeah, at this point, like through past games that I've played, I've now beaten every console game except for Skyward Sword. I never played Skyward Sword. Um. But and now I've I I never really did any of the handheld games either, except you know now whatever it is up until I'm like halfway through Minish Cap right now. It's a great uh, one. Yeah, yeah. We're about, we're about to start playing that, so. Um, but but I I suppose I should talk a little bit about my favorite Zelda game, which okay, um... yeah, that, that's kind of why. <laughs> like you you had the pick of uh, most Zelda, you know, most of them weren't taken yet. You picked Majora, so. What what's the other one you've talked about for one of these? Uh, NES Zelda. Okay. Uh, someone wants to talk about Breath of the Wild and uh, Minish Cap is another one. Really. Really, yeah. Minish Cap is a favorite. Yeah, so there. I mean, I, I guess it would be obvious that someone would pick Breath of the Wild, but then yeah. those weren't the three that I thought would go first. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm surprised that nobody has said Ocarina yet, and nobody said uh, Link to the Past yet. Um, I I I have a feeling like for most people probably and and like a lot of things that you get into as a kid your favorite one is whichever one you experienced first yeah it's the the mario kart rule (laughs) Mm -hmm. um it's uh you know one of one of my other podcasts is the weird alphabet where we talked about every weird al song um which we just wrapped up after doing for like four years um and uh, there was uh, a quote where some interviewer asked Weird Al what the best Weird Al album, like what his best album was. And he said, my best album is whichever one came out when you were 10. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, but... so when you guys all poo-pooed <laughs> off, off the deep end, I was like, wait, what? Who, <laughs> who doesn't like the Nirvana one? Like, what, what's going on here? <laughs> um. Yeah, and whereas like my favorite was Running with Scissors because mm-hmm. that's that's the one that came out when I was ten. Um, but anyway, so so yeah, so for Majora's Mask, uh, the, like this is your your first one. Yeah, so when like, I was a kid, um, we had an N sixty four when when uh, 
I and it was five of us boys, and we had an N sixty four with Ocarina and Majora's Mask. That's but almost if, enough controller ports. <laughs> well, and it's two short save slots as well. Everybody basically had to choose which Zelda game they were going to play. Were they going to play yeah. through <laughs> Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask? And I just happened oh, to wow. have wild. Majora's Mask. I mean, later on, uh, I know I played Ocarina. It's it's one of those weird things where it's like your memory as a kid is all jumbled up, so you're not quite exactly sure. I'm not exactly sure the order of events, but um, so I don't know how much sooner after playing Majora's Mask I uh, played Ocarina. Um, but um, yeah, playing through Majora's Mask, the there there were so many things in that game that just really captured my imagination. And even replaying it, I still, you know, I'm still like, yes, I, this is still my favorite. Obviously, there's nostalgia goggles, but there's so many other things that I love about that game as well that it does differently than any other Zelda game. And really what I feel differently than any other video game. I, I'm not a huge video game person. I don't do a lot of gaming, but the mechanics of the way you know the three-day cycle i think is so brilliant especially as it relates to how you'd handle all of the side quests being able to know the world and know the schedules of everybody in this town to be able to do all those side quests and fill out the bomber's notebook um there was something about that that really like drew me in and i really it made this world feel more lived in than any other video game world before and, you know, really few others since then. Because you're on this three-day clock, you can feel like, you know, everybody has their own lived-in experience where it's 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 predictable, but it doesn't feel like it's predictable because it's scripted to the same way. You know, it's not everybody going on clockwork um, to the, the same thing they do every day. It's just that, oh, the the thief happens to rob somebody on the first night because that's that's the way it was the first time, and so if I go back in time, of course, it'll be repeated. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, it, it rewards you for, for living in the world with them, really. Yeah, yeah. The, long, the more time you spend there, the the more you get to know them and then actually get to know where, where mm-hmm. they're going and what mm-hmm. they're doing. And, and it really felt like... Um, you know, the the personalities of that game stick in my brain more than the personalities of NPCs in any other Zelda game. You know, I feel like I know Cafe and Anju, and I know the mayor, and I know, like, the postman more than I know any other Zelda game care NPCs, because you do get to kind of see them live their life more than just going like clockwork and there's there's so many scenes in there that like i you know on playing through it recently um you know it's the type of thing when you see a movie you haven't seen in a long time where you forgot about a scene until you start watching it and then you're like oh yes i remember this i love this and things like the um the uh the argument in the mayor's office on the first (laughs) day which was very very eerie uh, watching this as I was playing through it in May of 2020 when, <laughs> right. you know, everybody's arguing about restrictions to have. Um, and well, we with have the to pandemic. throw our party. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was... that. Was and then the little... indecisive mayor. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, I could I could relate with that one too. Um, yeah, so that was uh, definitely interesting. Um, yeah, if you're, you know, if, if 
if you play Wind Waker and you're grabbed by the the opening and the 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 personal you mm-hmm. know experience the relationships you have with people, then oh boy, do I have a game for you? Or that that is like the big scope of of Majora's Mask is. Hey, you want to get to know all these people? Yeah, yeah. You want to see some personal stories? Yeah. And th- not that's, only it's that, on like, full display. Your your conflict is yes, it's with Skull Kid, who is literally trying to bring you know, or with Majora's Mask, who's trying to bring the moon crashing to the planet. But it's not somebody who is motivated by pure evil or motivated by you know just being the bad person. It's Somebody who's motivated by loneliness and motivated by something that's so much more personable and um, like in that, that, that chaotic needy alignment. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's yeah. I that's yeah. I, I, Skull Kid really jumps out to me as well as like his whole story. I just really. I just, I just want to give you a big hug, Skull Kid. It's gonna be okay. Don't, don't listen to Majora's Mask. That, that thing is evil. You can, you can have friends without it. Uh, <laughs> I actually just had um, a friend of mine uh, started doing uh, these like pick, uh, painting commissions, uh, and she, I commissioned a Majora's Mask painting from her. That is absolutely beautiful of of skull kid with the mask and the moon behind him and it looks so so incredible uh go go look up at selena if you want to find our maybe i'll send you guys a picture of it if you if you post yeah. pictures anywhere um but yeah the but, and then oh sorry what were you gonna say well, i was gonna say but the, the only thing that makes it more incredible is friends yeah yeah friendship <laughs> <laughs> I guess looking back on it, the themes are a little simple and childish, but I was a kid and it meant I mean, so much to me then. I mean, it, you know, but simple and childish. I mean, the, the themes in Star Wars are simple and childish. Yeah. It's good yeah. versus evil, you know, yeah. like Zelda is good versus evil. Like, it's, it's very, <laughs> the, the nuance doesn't start getting in there and, or does it really ever like is, is, is there ever really a, a like a nuanced uh, like portrayal of Ganondorf at all? I don't think so. Yeah. When when you played uh, Majora's Mask, what did you replay it on? Uh, okay, so I I got a 3DS a year ago and replayed on the 3DS, but this time around I played it on the Wii U emulator um, okay. because I wanted my wife to watch it because my. Um, so my wife is, is definitely not a gamer, although she started to recently because Animal Crossing got her to start Twitch streaming and now is yeah. playing games on Twitch. Um, but yeah, Animal uh, Crossing will do that to you. We, we got, uh, an NES classic a year ago because I had never played Link to the Past. We were able to get our hands on one and it was, um, and she talked about how when she was a kid, she she's a couple years older than me, and so she was a kid with a link to the past and would watch her brothers play that all the time. And I was like, I, w- I want you to watch me play a Zelda game. <laughs> and so like we played Link to the Past together, and then when I got the Switch, we played um, uh, Link's Awakening together, and it was a wonderful experience. So I really wanted to have that experience with Majora's Mask because, like, this is my favorite, and I want you to experience it with me. Of course, the look of that game on emulator on Wii U is real tough to to somebody for somebody to watch who didn't watch it when it actually looked good because now. <laughs> okay. It, the visuals do not hold up in that game very well. 
Yeah. Um, that's how I ended up playing it uh, when, on the Wii U emulator when we went through it for the show. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I don't own that one. I try to play them on their original system if I own it, but mm-hmm. I don't own Majora's Mask. So mm. I wonder if my 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 parents' house still has Majora's Mask sitting in a box somewhere. I yeah. Hope how does so. that work with with five brothers? Do your parents just keep everything when, when um, you all leave? I think so. Well, that's the thing is. Um, like I, uh, sort of. It's kind of just it goes out? to. It just goes to whoever wants it. I mean, most of us don't even live in the same city anymore. I grew up right. in in Alaska, and I'm not living there anymore. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's kind of all just sitting there because I think it could theoretically go to whoever wants it, but nobody has bothered to to pick it up. I guess. <laughs> right. Um, although I can say of how it worked when we were kids is that we had to be very specific about like everybody gets an hour turn, um, you know, a day type of thing. So it's not an, or, you know, if that, um, not a day, that's more like on weekends or something, but you know, we had to be really regimented schedules when everybody is allowed to take their turn on the N64 to play whatever. And I, I have this distinct memory as a kid of, Sitting there, my turn was next, but I'm watching my stepbrother, and he is just spending his entire hour on the N64 fishing in Ocarina of Time. And I was like, why are you fishing? I want to go and continue with this quest and beat this dungeon, and you're just sitting here fishing. (laughs) And it it really started an irrational anger in me of any time fishing shows up in video games. Uh, oh, you, just, you're, just the, you're the rare game player who hates fishing in video really? games. Really? Everybody else loves fishing in video games? <laughs> I, I think it's, uh. it's 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 there's something deep in our brain that's just like yes. Uh, it's yes, like the, how you have to allow you to pet the dog in every game now. <laughs> yeah, Where you got to have a fishing mini game in there. Ah, uh, no, no more fishing in video games. Uh, I can't do like, it. Eh. Yeah, Animal Crossing or like even Hades has fishing, and I'm like, oh, yes. it does. <laughs> yes, give me fishing. Yes, please. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I am upset whenever I see it. Like, I just started playing Twilight Princess, and I know oh, that yeah. there's, they've Speaking got a whole fishing. fishing journal. Not only can you go fishing, but you got all these different types of fishing, and now I'm like, ugh, my 100% completionist game brain wants to get yeah, like every I, single fish. Aren't there, like, 15 different kinds of ugh. lures or something in that ugh. game? I forget. Ugh, why do I do this to myself? Yeah, the, the fishing got really involved <laughs> in, in, in Twilight Princess. Yep, yep. Uh... So what's uh, what's your favorite uh uh like transformation mask in Majora's Mask? Ooh, definitely the Zora. I yes. I've always been uh you know water type favorite Pokemon type type of person where I'm all about the water stuff and uh, the Zora is so much fun to control and so much fun to move around on and uh, um yeah that 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 tran- that one was really stood out to me. Um, those transformation masks are probably like the number one thing that I liked as a kid playing it. That it was like, I gotta be all these different versions of Link. This is gonna be so cool. Did the animation of the changeover creep you out? It did. Yeah. It, it, it stuck oh, with me yeah. for a while until I like got old enough that I was like, oh wait, I like creepy things now. <laughs> I yeah, it was definitely creepy. Although I remember being a kid. Um, trying to like just see what it looked like even though the animation doesn't change but from each like transformation putting on each other mask what does it look like when you're goron like putting on the deku mask Mm -hmm. just to see like the weird which i think 
Goron with Deku mask is the one that looked the silliest just because it was like <laughs> this is it, it face looked so much smaller on that massive body mm-hmm. for some reason. Yeah. Um uh, I have a distinct memory of like wanting to see what each one of those looks like. Um and then, you know, re when I uh was then trying to like 100% I don't remember if I 100%ed it as a kid. I'm I'm pretty sure I did. Definitely not the first time I played it, though. But um, I loved getting all of the other masks, of which my favorite was the weird frog uh, hat mask thing, the Don Garo uh, yes. crown. I just loved the look of that thing. It looked so weird. Yeah, not not a lot of uses for that mask. Nope. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you get to talk to frogs, and it's great. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We well, didn't need a mask to do that and. uh in Ocarina of Time, you just needed to know songs. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and I, I think the other great thing about that game, and like this is where I think it's something that, I, I feel like I could argue that this is objectively true, that Majora's Mask has the best dungeons of any Zelda game. It's only got the four, but all of them are so, so good. And I, I really enjoy the some of the Ocarina dungeons as well, but... Every single dungeon in Majora's Mask feels so solid to me, and I love the the puzzle box nature of all of them. See that that's what's that's what always sticks out with to me is that they they have four pretty solid dungeons, and and yeah, the puzzle box nature of them like they don't feel too linear. They feel like I, mm-hmm. I can move about them and and, mm-hmm. uh, and have to figure it out. So yeah, I I, I don't have anything well. I, li- I like a lot of about the dungeons in Majora's Mask, yes. Um, why, don't, why, why don't we go ahead and take a break right here, and then uh, we'll return in just a little bit. Hi, I'm Ray, and this is my friend Alex. Hi. And we do a show called No More Whoppers. Some call it corn, we call it therapy. We're adults with the virility of men. Want to hear us read snack food copy and talk about Japanese chips? Too bad! Join us every month or so on the Greenlight Podcast Network. Video Death Loop is a podcast where we watch a short video clip on loop until we just can't take it anymore. Along the way, we'll try our best to make each other laugh and to hold out longer than the other guy. You can jump in on any episode, no need to worry about continuity. Check out Video Death Loop on the Greenlit Podcast Network with new episodes every Friday. Okay, welcome back. Um, yeah, part of the reason I wanted to ask which which uh, platform you replayed it on was specifically the Zora mask. Uh, they, yeah, I don't know what it is. They changed the swimming on the 3ds. Yeah, yep. And it's just not as it's somehow it's just they they cut all the fun out of it. And so yeah, the the, the Zora is so much fun because of just how it moves in the water and, and it's well, so great. Part part of the thing with cutting the fun out of it was that. Um, you know, they, they made the decision to make it so the fast swimming was only if you were doing, what was it? The, the, I, I know on the 3DS it was the R button, but whatever the, the shield, yeah, the barrier, yep. but that meant that you could only swim fast while burning your magic meter, which is what really, what really, really stunk about that. So, um, you know, I, I do understand like the, 
the desire to make slower swimming easier to get to because um like especially in in the pirate fortress it's a lot easier if you're not in fast swimming mode but i i yeah, definitely agree with small area yeah i agree with everybody online though that that was a change that should not have been made <laughs> or at least not like make it i don't know yeah yeah i just, i think it was a, a change that did more, more bad than good I still have a problem with the fact that they changed every boss battle and gave every creature in the 3DS this, like, giant eyeball that pops out of them that is their weak point. yeah, yeah. And for a couple of them, uh, well, you have the the big fish. Mm -hmm. They changed that one completely. They had, like, a third form in the 3DS Mm -hmm. version of the game, which I actually liked because I thought the original one was kind of boring. But then when you do the, I believe the twin, the twin, twin molds, twin molds, yeah. I almost said twin Rova, uh, twin <laughs> molds. When you fight them, it's just really weird. I mean, the, the original one was weird too. It was kind of hard to figure out what you needed to do. You knew yeah. you had to do the giant's mask, but then they add the the wrestling move that you do like a, a body slam yeah. with them in the 3DS one, which was so out of place. Yeah. yeah no, no more heroes of time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh yeah, I I agree that the uh the the boss battles uh were changed, but I I still find them like fun on either platform. I mean, I I still think Goat is the most fun Zelda boss I've ever Goat played is Goat. in anything. Yes. Goat is so good. Um <laughs> yeah, I And and you can play them as many times as you want, really. Yeah, so yeah. There's that 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 also makes them better no matter where you're playing it. <laughs> because I definitely had to, as a kid, go back and fight all of them as the Fierce Deity Mask, even though mm-hmm. it was, like, it was, it was like, barely a, a fair fight, especially that first boss with the Fierce Deity Mask. But I yeah. had to do it because I could. Yeah. No, just, just <laughs> cut them down to size. Yeah. I the, the boss battle changes is one that really didn't bother me too much. Um... Uh, I I really liked what they did with the 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 fish boss whose name I don't remember now. Um, a, yeah, I think all the vowels are wise. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> what it is. <laughs> but yeah, the the twin mold was definitely one that uh, did not work as well, or was not. It, it was too weird on the 3ds. But the, I think the change that I really loved about. Um, the 3DS remake is the way they redid the Bomber's Notebook and they made it easier to track all the side quests. Mm-hmm. And I I really, really wish they did um they did things in in all the Zelda games to make it easier for you to know like if you've checked off everything on the list. Like one of the yeah. things in the 3DS remake of Ocarina of Time that they did that I really love is they they when you're looking at the the big the uh, the world map, it'll have the little Skulltula icon next to any place where you have found all the gold Skulltulas in that region. And That'd like nice. one of little things like that, I wish they did so much more in any of the Zelda games because I I try not to look at walkthroughs as much as possible, but. Um, but there always gets to that point where it's like, okay, I've gone everywhere. I thought I did everything, but I still got one heart piece missing. Time to go look at where all the heart pieces are in the walkthrough and try to remember <laughs> yeah. which ones I got and which ones I didn't get. Ooh. And then, you, and then you get to the end of that list, and then 
you still haven't found it. Yep, and then you're like, okay, I'm going to walk through all of my <laughs> steps. Let's go to every single location because yeah. I, I got a 100% this thing. There was some heart <laughs> I never found an ocarina my first, on my very first playthrough, and it just killed me. Uh, and and I just kept I kept marking the checklist off and then going back to the top again and marking it uh, off again. Like, how am I missing this? The worst. I checked I, everywhere. I, I think the most uh, aggravating heart piece for me ever trying to get one in a Zelda game was um, when I got a like N64 emulator on my computer to be able to play um, Ocarina and Majora's Mask when I was in college, and um, which I think. That might have been the first time I 100%ed Ocarina was on that emulator. I don't remember. But the shooting gallery, in the archery thing in Majora's Mask with the wolves and the Deku, trying to do that without a joystick was the most Ooh. infuriating oh. thing ever. Oh. I And Gross. I think I like just gave up on that and was like, well, I'm not going to 100% this, uh, and that's going to be fine. Just need to like somehow patch in mouse controls yeah ugh, it was so bad it was so painful see that that's another thing that going forward every zelda game needs uh gyroscope controls mm -hmm. i don't uh, know if i like the gyroscope controls as much like i turned them off when i played through wind waker on the wii u recently oh wow okay um i, I don't know yeah, I, i'll take i'll take that any day of the week <laughs> <laughs> after uh yeah, because when we would get to those, uh, there's a lot of shooting gallery games in Majora's Mask. There's yeah at least three or four. You know, you got to shoot the witch. You got to do that that big, huge diorama yeah. one that you were yep. talking about. There's the Octorox. Yeah, mm -hmm. and and I was the only one playing with a, a joystick uh, <laughs> on the on the podcast. Everyone else had gyro controls, and I felt real dumb. <laughs> yeah, I. That, those those shooting galleries, um, definitely I could do without those. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, no, it's true. Uh, you know, and then it, it, I guess basically the uh, Romani Ranch is one giant shooting gallery. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, that one's a lot the... easier. You got bigger target. Or, oh, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I was thinking of the Gorman chasing you. Yeah, the, the, the aliens. Yeah, that one. Which um, is maybe my favorite side story in all of Majora's uh, Mask. When there's just an alien invasion for no reason. Yeah. It's and the they're, weirdest they're, they're thing taking... in one of the weirdest Zelda games. <laughs> so... <laughs> uh, yeah, I... I don't know. I love to chalk that up to just more Majora's Mask mischief as opposed to there being actual aliens invading from another planet in but But they're abducting cows. World. Yeah, that was like the that was like the the <laughs> alien uh, urban legend of like the eighties and nineties was them That's turning true. cows inside That's out. That's true. Um, I, I, it's, I, it's too good. <laughs> Man, I love how weird, weird, weird that game is. Like as as a um, uh, you know, I'm I'm a big uh, movie fan and TV fan, and my favorite things are always the weirdest thing movies that uh <laughs> just have crazy strange ideas in them and i think that's another reason why i gravitate to majora's mask so much is like there's just so many strange details in there that are just unlike anything else david i do have to ask and this this is for me personally mm -hmm. what's your stance on tingle um tingle's great i don't know i love tingle i think it's i think it's super weird that uh i it's like Tingle. 
Tingle gets a little better every time he shows up in something. I think the fact that this weird wannabe elf dude just keeps showing up and keeps being the exact same, even if the rest of the world is totally different. You know, Tingle is the exact same in Majora's Mask as he is in Wind Waker, as he is in Minish Cap. I mean, not the exact exact same, but he's still got his catchphrase. He's still got the exact same look. I And there's something about this, like, Time Lord uh, character who just keeps <laughs> showing up. Um, and going, hey, you want a map? Yeah, yeah, I love I it. Really I really like maps. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's I think it's great. I love maybe, how silly it is. Yeah, maybe that's what he's doing. He's just drawing map throughout time. The, the map mapping out Hyrule in all yeah. of its different forms throughout time. I I would when I saw um when I played through Breath of the Wild and I saw oh, there's a set of islands called the Tingle Islands. Oh my goodness, let's go. Ah, there's no Tingle here. Oh, I was Dave, so that's disappointed. Kind of uh, all, so- all of his brothers get names uh, <laughs> on their on their own island. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but there's a David Junior in there. That's like almost my name. Just <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Other than other than those islands and and the outfit, Tangle doesn't really show up in in uh, Breath of the Wild. Which yeah, it's kind of sad. Yeah, biggest missed opportunity of that game. Forget yeah, forget Jared- needing better dungeons. What we really need is more Tingle. <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> yeah, do you think uh, do you think there's room in Breath of the Wild two for Tingle? Absolutely. I, uh, I really is there room for anyone else? <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> we know what it's going to be. It's going to be Tingle's adventure. That was it. Was such an interesting experience for me because I really it took me a long time to like Breath of the Wild just because okay. I had not played Zelda games in a while. Like I had replayed my favorites on Ocarina and uh, uh, my favorites on the 3DS of Ocarina Majora's Mask. But to be, you know, this, this series that I loved and I hadn't spent time with in years to now like, hey, I'm going to jump back into that series, but everything is different now. It took me a while to appreciate what Breath of the Wild was doing. Like, I think right off the bat, I was turned off by the score because I was like, I want my sweeping big orchestral stuff. I want my, um, I want my dungeons. I want this this other stuff. But well, it's not about you, David. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> <laughs> after I finish the game, and especially now as I'm replaying through the series. I can appreciate Breath of the Wild more for what it is, and I really am glad that it's not just a retread of things in the past. But um, that being said, I do kind of hope that Breath of the Wild 2 does take a step back to dungeons and dungeon items. Like, I I do think there's a place for those. Um, And... I, I've been spending a lot of time. Have you guys talked about Zelda randomizers on your show at all? Mentioned it, maybe. Okay, so this is something that I've been really into watching recently. Is pl- watching, uh, like let's players go through Zelda randomizers, and I think that because to me, like I love the dungeon items, and I love the fact that that different items will unlock more parts of the map, and that is something that. I did miss in Breath of the Wild, and I understand why they didn't do the dungeon items, because they wanted you to be able to get everywhere and have that you get to choose, and you're not being railroaded into going certain directions. But the interesting thing about going and watching these randomizers is they are 
taking Zelda games and making them more open world experiences um, with dungeon items, with areas being locked out by dungeon items. And I, I really think there is a... Like, I love the open world aspect of Breath of the Wild, but I do think you can still do that, but still include necessary items like the hookshot and these these classic Zelda staples. It's a it's a tall uh, design task. Yeah, but... but I think you can learn a lot from randomizers, and I really hope that the 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 designers are are paying attention to some of those because I think that there's a lot of lessons you can take from the way randomizers are built that you can use in a actual mainline Zelda game. And, and wouldn't it be cool if, you know, hard mode also randomized things like as a part of the official release, as opposed to, you know, a thing that the mod community makes like that would be so incredible that actually have on, you know, a, a mainline release randomizer. Yeah, after after a decade, I think we've we've trained developers that we need a timer in every game, a speed run <laughs> mode timer in every game. So now that we've gotten there, let's start working on the randomizer. Yeah, because you, yeah. you're right. Uh, the the thing that makes randomizer kind of cool is that you have to have a knowledge of the game mm-hmm. to be like, okay, where are the things I can get to right now that mm-hmm. I have nothing? And then once you get a thing, you have to be like, okay, what what will this allow me to do? What what can like, do I need this weapon and another weapon to be able to efficiently get through something? Mm-hmm. Or can I skip that for a while? And, and it yeah, it, it creates this sort of, like, game that you play in your head. You have to do this routing in your head on the fly. And mm-hmm. it's really fun to watch. And, and I think the, the other cool thing with that is that the I, I feel like the, the understanding of all these other Zelda games before Breath of the Wild is... You know, you have to go here, then here, then here, then here, then here. But what you start to discover when watching, you know, or playing these randomizers is, oh, there's actually three different places you can go before you have anything. And once you get a thing, it's not opening up one more path. It's actually opening up a couple more paths. And the the possibilities actually branch out more. Instead of Mm -hmm. you getting, you know, you have to go here, then here, then here, and making that linear path, it does become... Um, you know, this branching web. Uh, and and I think, again, I, I really think there's a way to do the open world Zelda where you, yes, that means you are restricted to some places you can't get to yet, but it means, but you can still give you lots of different options of places to go. Um, yeah. I'm assuming you haven't gotten to it yet uh, with uh, Link Between Worlds. I have not played Link Between Worlds yet, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised with the way that they dish out items there because they literally say, pick whatever item you Mm -hmm. want and go in a direction. Yeah, I I have heard that, but I guess I was under the impression that that mattered more for, like, what you go into the dungeons with. But even going out into the world, like, world exploration is with what you just choose whatever items and see what you can do with that. Well, I mean, you can you can choose all the items if you want. It's just going to cost you a lot more money. Gotcha, gotcha. And if you die... It's all, mo- it's all money-based. It's yeah. going to cost you even yeah. more money because you don't... If you don't own those weapons, you only rent them. The repo bird shows up when you die and yeah. it takes them all back. I, I am I'm definitely excited to get to that one because I, I do think that one, like... I'm really excited to explore how that one deals with non-linearity. And I'm so happy that Zelda games are have now figured out how to make 
the piles of rupees you get actually worthwhile and mm. they actually matter That's to something. Um, like that, that is something that um, playing Breath of the Wild, I loved the fact that weapons can break, meaning it always meant something when you got a weapon and it always felt like you weren't just grinding you know you you weren't just fighting and then moving on and getting a bunch of heart pieces or hearts and rupees that you're already full on so you don't need but legitimately every fight gives you something that you might need but but also there's a uh, there's a give and take to that so you could you could be looking at a group of enemies down below you mm-hmm. and staring at what weapons you have on hand and go okay is it worth me breaking three of these weapons just yeah. to maybe pick up a little something so you, you kind of have to decide like what's worth your time what's not maybe i'll just sneak past these guys or <laughs> climb around this mountain to get away from them or if you see, were like me and playing naked just not touching anyone <laughs> at all see for so. for me the fights were always worth it just because fighting enemies is fun and i just want to <laughs> i just want to beat the crap out of some monsters I mean, if you if you put a Lionel in front of me, I'll break every single weapon I have to kill it. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Uh, Be happy to do so. That's how I live. Yeah. That's the only way I know I'm alive is when I'm fighting a Lionel. I I um, it's funny. And I snowboarding s- on my shield. <laughs> I I started my my Zelda journey. You know, I, I what kind of got me on the Zelda journey is beating Breath of the Wild in the spring, and that I I did. All of the side quests, I did all the armor upgrades and I did all the shrines, but I definitely mm-hmm. didn't do all the Koroks. Um, but that made me want to go back and do all of the Zelda games. I think it was that, and that's when I started to watch more um, like video game video essay content on YouTube. I watch a ton of like movie-related video essays, but now I discovered yeah. things like Game Maker's Toolkit and was like, ooh, what is this? Oh there's yeah, a whole, Mark Brown's great. Uh, there's a whole world of... of movie dis- or video game discussion and what I'm used to with with movies and that really like got me going through but now I am planning on finishing when I finish going through all these games trying to 100% Breath of the Wild including every single Korok and I'm going to try order. to do it I'm going to try to do it I know it'll take forever but <laughs> uh I I got to I got to be a completionist well, that that was sort of the conceit of our show was we, we were doing another like general uh, video game like news mm-hmm. show at the time. And then as we were all getting really excited for Breath of the Wild, I think Jeremy was just like, hey, what if we just play it and then we meet once a week and just gush about mm. what we've been doing? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then at the end of that, at the end of the game, we're like... I don't want to stop doing this. This is fun. Why don't we just start playing Delta one and we'll just work our way through it. And, and we're like, yeah, this is great. Like, why don't, yeah, it's, this is, it's been so much fun uh, yeah. just going back through all these old games and, and, and I, then sticking in other weird titles in between to be like, well, these, these are it's inspired by this game was inspired by this game. So let's play this game next. Or, and and I love that you get to have the, um, uh, the conversation with friends about it as well, because I, um, I know I'm. I think I'm. I'm. I. I heard this in one of the the GMTK videos about Zelda. But like one of the things with the original Legend of Zelda was wanting you wanting players to discuss with their friends about different secrets and discoveries they've made. And it was really interesting. Like when I played through Breath of the Wild, I was you know I don't want to look up 
any walkthroughs. I don't want to look up any of that stuff. Um, I think for like the final shrine, I fi- like broke down. I was like, okay, I'm going to look up online where in the world <laughs> this last shrine is. But aside from that, what I was doing was watching Let's Play videos of people playing through Breath of the Wild at the same time to be like, oh, hey, they did this thing that I didn't know that I could do. Um, I didn't have other friends who were playing and discovering the game along with me because everybody had already played Breath of the Wild by now. Um, But I did kind of get to simulate that experience by watching other people play it and see what they discovered that I didn't even realize was a thing. Oh, yeah. Our our unofficial slogan for the podcast is we all do it differently. Because <laughs> we'll be sitting in a room and we'll be like, wait, you did what? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? And it, and it even translates into the, the, the NES ones, too. Like, we'll be sitting around talking about playing through Dungeon 3 on, on Zelda 1 and be like, mm-hmm. wait, how, you did... Hold up. That, <laughs> we can, we can, I just figured they would all be the same like all of our stories would be the same on the old games but no yeah we all do it differently well especially that the uh ganon's castle in zelda one has like so many different routes you can take right Mm -hmm. um i i I will say even though i'm trying to avoid walkthroughs as much as possible i had a walkthrough open for basically the entirety of zelda one and zelda two and on zelda two i was abusing those save states on the on the switch emulator i was rewinding constantly i absolutely uh, that oh, I would have loved tough. a rewind button when I was playing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that and, game was tough. And the controller I was using on my emulator to play Zelda Two, uh, I had to pause before I hit my quick save button because the quick save button also used my magic, and so I would <laughs> use my magic and quick save, and then like oh. all my magic would be gone <laughs> on my new save. <laughs> I'm like, no, oh. I really need this. Oh, that's a bummer. Um, Uh, Yeah. Hey, this is something that doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking about. But uh, I was just thinking about, as I was playing through this, I realized a really interesting uh, Zelda trivia question. And I have asked a bunch of friends and nobody's been able to figure it out on their own. But I'm sure that you two will probably be able to figure this out. Oh yeah, we'll crush it. there's, There's this list of games that have something in common that is different from any other Zelda game, which is... Uh, Zelda 2, Majora's Mask, Oracle of Seasons, Oracle of Ages, Minish Cap, and Phantom Hourglass. Or, no, I'm sorry, not Minish Cap. Uh, yeah. Zelda 2, Majora's Mask, Oracle of Seasons, Oracle of Ages, and Phantom Hourglass. Those games have something in common that is different from any other Zelda game. Zelda 2. You know what it is. Majora's <laughs> Mask. They, no, it's not that, No. I was going to say either none of them have Zelda in it or none of them have Ganon in it, but that's not true. Mm-hmm. Technically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she's in Phantom Hourglass. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and Ganon's in the game over screen, so no. There's some item that's missing, right? Is that what we're getting at here? I, I'll, give you, I'll give you a, a bigger hint. The original... Link's Awakening should also be on this list, but not the DX version or the Switch version. So the original, original Game Boy Link's Awakening is on, does have the same thing on the list with Zelda hmm. 2 Majora's Mask, but 
not DX and not Switch. You can't change your clothes? Yeah, that's it. Okay. Those are the only games where you can't Boom. change your clothes. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, yeah, it was funny. As I was playing through, I didn't realize, like, it was so interesting realizing uh, changing tunics was such a common thing. It was like, oh, there's a couple where you don't. Um, although right, technically... The, the color dungeon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, technically, Phantom Hourglass, you get the hero's new clothes, which is like a set of invisible clothes, quote-unquote, in the same way as the Wind Waker replay, but I think the joke is supposed to be that they aren't actual clothes, so... Right, uh, that, you, that he actually <laughs> is wearing something, you just can't see it. Yeah, so uh, so that one could be uh, argued about. But yeah, I, I that stuck out to me. Um, just I love thinking yeah, about which, which games have something in common, and uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you ever beaten Majora without using the Fierce Deity Mask? Oh, whew, I think so. I, I definitely never have. So, I, but you know, I know some people try that. I I don't know if I have, actually. it's It sounds like the type of thing that I, I feel like I would have tried at one point, but I can't think of if I actually did try it. So I'm going to say no, I mm, haven't tried okay. that. But now, I really want to, and as soon as we're done with this podcast, I might boot up my save on Majora's Mask 3D just so I do it. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you think of the the crazy tree moon? The crazy, the, the whole oh, surreal yeah. tree area. Uh, I love it. I love, I love weird surreal nonsense like that. Like. My my favorite movies are strange, surrealistic movies. My favorite movie of all time is this weird animated movie called It's Such a Beautiful Day. Um, like, I have a tattoo of the main character from that. It's by this guy named Don Hertzfeld, and it is bizarre, oh, yeah. and it's the type of thing where it's like, you know, reality doesn't really make a lot of sense, and, um, and I love that kind of surreal stuff, and I like everything about... The, the the tree on the moon and the 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 masked kids and like the weird things they say um I, I eat that up I love it so much yeah I guess I guess Hertzfeldian should be a a term yeah oh I <laughs> yeah the tree is very Hertzfeldian especially if you look at the the kids that are wearing the remains uh, mm-hmm. if you kind of look on the back behind that their head like it, they look like child mailmen or, or happy mass salesmen they look oh. like little, little happy mass salesmen. Oh so yeah! It gets kind of creepy with that too. So, um, have have you? I assume you've talked about the whole Link is dead theory in relation to Majora's Mask. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I we, we sort of stick with that theory. I think that's our I think official yeah. take yeah. on it. I I agree, and I really like that reading. And I remember when I first heard about that, it was like, oh my goodness, my favorite game is even better now. <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah, and anything that'll break the time the the timeline is is okay in my book. <laughs> you know, if he's dead, that timeline's done. Oh man, I remember when it was cool and fun to speculate about the timeline, and now it's just like, ugh, all these games are weird fantasy games. They don't have to connect. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's fun to speculate about the timeline, yeah. but then when like your parents sit you down and go, "No, here's how things actually happen," <laughs> then you can rebel against that. Yeah, then you're like, like "No, it's no not. Timeline. You're wrong." <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? There's no, nothing's connected. Yep, I love that. That came from Miyamoto, right? I 
think I who mean who hasn't really been involved with Zelda since like the first game. <laughs> <laughs> like the fact that people look at him of being like, oh, this is how the rest of the Zelda games go. And I'm like, dude, you came up with the idea of a boy in a cave and then everyone else just ran with it. Okay. <laughs> like you don't get to pick the rest of the story. Yeah. And and you lean over people's shoulders and go, maybe he should jump. <laughs> and then they go, well, I'll I'll just tear this all apart and start over, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that whole again, like that was around the time when I when I was in high school uh, in in the the late aughts and watching videos of people theorizing and talking about uh, Zelda timelines. And then that was just before Skyward Sword came out with the official timeline, and mm-hmm. it all of a sudden became so much lamer that that somebody thought this was all connected. See, that's why that game is awful, Jeremy. It's because, because the timeline, timeline happened next to it. Because of the timeline. <laughs> I, I am right. so intrigued to play that because at this point, um, that is the only console Zelda game that I have not touched at all, that I, I have not played a single bit of, and I've you know seen a little bit of gameplay footage of it, and I just know the reputation that everybody hates it. Oh, uh, it it's, a, it's a blast to play. It's okay. a lot of fun to play. Okay. I, I know it's like they do stuff with the motion controls that everybody dislikes. Oh, it's fine. Um, it's, make sure you have a solid Wii Motion Plus controller. The problem that a lot of people ran into is that by the time that came, that came out, mm-hmm. a lot of people's Wii remotes were kind of like banged up and the sensors just weren't as good. So make sure you got like a really good one so you don't have to constantly put it down on the ground and recalibrate it mm. over and over again. Okay. See, I'm borrowing my friend's Wii U so I can play through uh, the, the games that are available on there. And um, and I I got, he handed me his, his crummy old Wiimote along with it. So I'm definitely uh, going to have to invest in getting a better one. If, yeah, if you have problems, it's... It's almost impossible to tell just by like looking at like you can't tell with just Wii Sports. Yeah, yeah. But if yeah, you get yeah, into yeah. that game and you're like, why is he flailing his sword around? <laughs> it's almost certainly your remote. Yeah, I I remember. It's funny because I remember when the Wii came out and like all this talk about complaints and frustrations about the uh, the motion controls in general and basically how Nintendo keeps trying to to be like this is our new thing and everybody's going to want to do uh motion controls and people get upset about every game forcing it in um but i remember really enjoying the motion controls for uh twilight princess i really i remember really enjoying like flinging the wii mode around in real life to do my slashes but again that didn't have to be accurate it was just like literally wiggling it would mm-hmm. would get you what, to swing I- your sword what I enjoyed about the the Wii the Wii Moat and Twilight Princess was the fact that I could just lounge any way I wanted to because <laughs> my hands didn't have to be connected to a controller. So I just <laughs> like you know my Wii Moat's under my leg and my arms behind my back and I'm in this very comfortable, weird, contorted position on my couch <laughs> and just loving life. That that's what I love about. Uh being able to play games on the switch is yeah i I know uh it's probably sacrilege to some to not use a pro controller but i love using the joy cons and just having them wherever it's it's too much money (laughs) for sure to justify i i as somebody who um 
on uh, on Smash Bros for for on Smash Bros Brawl for the Wii when uh, that came out. I would insist on always playing with the sideways Wii mode. Uh, I could, I didn't like the GameCube controller. That was my favorite way of playing, and everybody thought got, it was you crazy. You got a double tap to run, but it, it, it works. It works. Uh, the main reason I liked it is because I actually knew what direction I was going in when I was trying to use the different A and B moves. I feel like when I'm using a joystick, I always go diagonal, and sometimes it doesn't quite hit up when I want to or side when I want to and switches between those. But you can just you can blame it on a dropped input or something like <laughs> yeah. that, and, and every, you know it's what everyone else does, right? Yeah, that's that is my my only other game franchise that I will you know go all out for is, is mm-hmm. Zelda and Smash Bros. Do you think they'll ever revisit any of the material in in Majora's Mask, or is that is that just one and done? I kind of hope it's one and done. I I would love for them to revisit um, trans like. Not necessarily transformation masks, but I would love for them to revisit the idea of playing uh, different types of Link with different movesets. Like, you kind of had that with Wolf Link and Twilight Princess, um, but I really like the idea of of Link controlling in different ways and doing different things, and I love the idea of the transformation to allow that. Um, and at, so, what, at what point does that become too much like Mario Odyssey, though? Well, what do we have Zelda's thing? Odyssey? I haven't played Mario Odyssey yet, so I don't know if oh. I would like that or dislike that. Oh, it's, it's a fantastic um, game. Yeah, no, I know it's it's on my list. I I got to play all the Zelda games first, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then you play all the Mario games. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I like I do. I guess there's there's probably a, a way that they can do it wrong, but. It's if, if there's one thing from Majora's Mask that I would love to see again, it is that aspect. You know, I, I think I've probably okay. got, like, something from so many other Zelda games that are, like, I would love to see back. Like, I still would love to see Sailing come back in a Zelda game from Wind Waker someday. Um, uh, I think, I wonder if I can think of something for each Zelda game that I'm like, you know what? I really like this. I really like the Rings and the Oracle games. They should bring those back somehow. <sighs> If you could put all of them on at once, maybe. But I feel like there's too much give and take, and and the the give is always more than the take. There's not really great benefit to a lot of those rings. Uh, yeah, that's true. But there were so many that were really fun to be like, oh, I can do the one where floors won't break underneath me, or that it's... one. That's like that's the one everyone brings up when, when I'm critical <laughs> of the rings. They're always just like, what about the sticky floors? Or yeah, the... but also yeah, like, like being hey, yeah, able okay, to fine, jump up my one. swim speed, be able to not slip on ice. Like I love there those like there's a fleet of rings that do these like small enough adjustments to make some things slightly easier. Um, and uh, and and I, I wouldn't mind some method of bringing that back. Yeah. And, and I guess maybe the only other thing is, is um, you know, none of the other Zelda games have had the, the breadth, uh, the depth of side quests that, um, you know, I feel like Majora's Mask has, that, that have the same kind of life to them and the same kind of meaning to them, um, the same kind of surprises to them. I'll still never forget wandering around the hotel at night in Majora's Mask and then the hand coming out of the toilet and it taking me by complete surprise. Because at that point, I had been playing that game so much, I had almost beaten it and I just happened to be wandering around and all of a sudden there was this brand new thing that I never would have expected. Yeah. Um, 
Like, I don't necessarily need a three-day mechanic type thing to come back in the future. Um, I don't think anyone needs that. But um, uh, I don't understand why people don't like the three-day mechanic. It's fantastic. It's fine. It's, it's great. Fine. <laughs> I think it's the I think it's the ticking clock. It's the it's the the fact that you're on a timer, as opposed to like with the 3ds version, it really let you play around with that time so much more. Yeah, that's but true. But in the original, you were just you like, had to wait All right. for the. Yeah, yeah. It, the, you didn't have that that granular ability to to jump yeah. around and tweak things here and there. I'll, yeah, I'll it, agree it, with that, but the thing that I never understood was people saying like, oh, you'll run out of time to do a dungeon, and, and that that doesn't make any sense to me. I feel like bad, you get that's more... That's just bad time management. Yeah. <laughs> you got more than enough time to do this. If, if you could jump forward and backward to any hour you wanted, that that would alleviate a lot of that. Like, it, but you can you can go forward as much as you want, but in order to go backward, you have to go to the starting point every time. Yeah. And so, yeah, maybe, maybe they could play a lot around with something like that. Yeah, I'm always surprised that the the hero of time doesn't have nearly as much uh, time travel mechanics. Power over, <laughs> power over where he goes. Yeah, <laughs> so he's, he's more of a like a you know kind of an apprentice of time, I guess. Yeah, yeah. He just goes he just goes back and forth between two points in almost any other Zelda game, and yeah. uh, where that time travel is a mechanic. Um, so, so there you have it, Nintendo. Just. Uh, we we fixed everything for you. Just bring these things back from Majora's Mask. <laughs> Look, this is this will be my perfect Zelda game. I want I want the big open space of Breath of the Wild with like the weapons management, but give me the dungeons and dungeon items of Majora's Mask and the the cutscenes of of Wind Waker, and there there's my perfect Zelda game and yeah. the side quest of Majora's Mask. <laughs> there, yeah, there you have it. Um, yeah, why don't we go ahead and wrap this up? We've been going for a little while now. Uh, this is fun. So yeah, thank you so much for uh, having me on. Yeah, uh, I I know you did a little did some of your plugs at the beginning, but anything else you want to get while we're wrapping up? Um, yeah, I uh, I mentioned Fahugwapods. I mentioned uh, the Weird Al podcast, which is the Weird Alphabet, which we just wrapped up. So. Um, if you want a podcast with a definitive endpoint, you can go back and listen to all those archives. Um, and the the only other podcast that I'm doing right now that I didn't get a chance to message uh, to mention is a show called How Did This Not Get Made, where myself and my friend Dan are talking about movies and TV shows that were planned and never got made. So, like you know, famous stories of of. There, there's all sorts of stories we've been uncovering, and um, uh, you know, may, maybe we'll get into expanding that to gaming sometime as well. Maybe do like a Star Wars Underworld episode or something like that of of different hmm. uh, different projects that never saw the light of day. So that's yeah, been a really say, fun it, show. If, if the uh, if the game comes out, do you have to pull the episode down? Oh, oh, I don't know. Well, <laughs> like we we have. Um, like there have been movies that we've talked about that are technically in development. Like we did an episode on Gladiator Two, which is supposedly still in development and is going to come out someday. Uh, but uh, yeah, <laughs> he has to go back into slavery again. Oh my goodness! Have you heard about Gladiator Two? No, I haven't. Um, let's I just say <laughs> he uh, becomes a uh, one of the the supposed. Subtitle for Gladiator 2 was Gladiator 2 colon Christ Killer. Uh, it's 
bonkers. It what? is wild. What? <laughs> Uh, so it's a sequel to Gladiator and to Passion of the Christ? I guess so. I guess okay. so. And then it ends with him becoming an immortal warrior and has a montage of him fighting in every famous war in the history of the last 2,000 years. It's bonkers. <laughs> so go uh, listen to are... our episode on Gladiator oh. 2 of How wow. Did This Not Get Made? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm interested. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jeremy, want to do our plugs? If you enjoyed this show, uh, we'd really appreciate it if you went on to iTunes, gave us a review on there. It helps us out a lot. Uh, we also do read the reviews on there. We don't have any to plug at this moment. Uh, but follow us on Twitter as well, at Chat of the Wild. Uh, did you have a Twitter, David, that you wanted to plug in there? Um, I mean, I I am on Twitter, but I try not to use it. Uh, but if you do want to see my, my political opinions, you can follow uh, <laughs> at David, a.k.a. Buttons, on Twitter. <laughs> so, yeah, just uh, follow along with that. And that's really it. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. Um, always fun to talk about Zelda. For sure. Thank There's you for having me. There's a lot of it there to talk about. Yeah. And so you never know what's going to happen. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be back. Uh, this is our first episode of this little December series. So uh, after this series is over, we'll be back uh, probably with the uh, Minish Cap. So thank you Yay. so much for listening. Um, and, you know, happy holidays and stuff. <laughs>